Hello and welcome to Super Saturdays, a comic book media podcast where we rank media by its story, impact, and visuals to figure out if these projects will stand the test of time. I'm Damon A. And I'm Jay Hayward. In each episode, we'll be focusing on your favorite comic books, TV shows, and movies. And this week, we break through the boundaries of both the Speed Force and here at Super Saturdays, as we are joined by the lovely Connor this week as our guest, uh, both a comic fan and a Flash lover, as we sprint through the panels of Jeff John and Ethan Van Cypher's Flash Rebirth. Let's waste no time today, because every second matters. On with the show. Hello, <laughs> people of the planet Earth, my speechers and soups. Gr- greetings. <laughs> happy Saturday. Yes, happy Saturday, y'all. This is a really big episode. Okay. This is our first episode with a special guest. Hello, Connor. Hey, hello. How's it going? And I'm joined by the usual Jay Hayward. Before we get into the new segment, I want to take some time because some very touching news has come out today at the time of this recording. John Romita Sr. has passed away. John Romita Sr. is one of the quintessential artists for Spider-Man. When you think Spider-Man, you most likely think of his Spider-Man. He's laid the groundworks for a lot of different visuals of the character. He also is the co-creator of Mary Jane Watson. He's the reason for her having red hair, dimples, green eyes. Just a very important artist. And uh, just rest in peace. Like I said, on to our new segment, where we discuss your comments. Got a big old comment. Woot, 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 woot. <laughs> so it looks like we have a comment from our most recent video, the MCU tier list. And it comes from the Milkman channel. He says, largely agree with the list. A couple things we disagree with, but a lot of it I do agree with. With that being said, I think what Sony is doing with these Spider-Verse films is much more interesting than what the MCU at the... Ugh. Much more interesting than the MCU at this point. Hmm. Thank you, Mr. Milkman, for watching our stuff and commenting. And as always, all your comments are going to be read on the show. Uh, comments on our social media and comments on our YouTube. So, And uh, thank you for the milk, Mr. Milkman. We appreciate your work every day as uh, you contribute to uh, the milk industry. Thank you. Thank you for your service. Um, I believe it oh, I might feel like be... I the Flash would be the best milkman. Yeah, he would be a terrific milkman and newspaper boy, too. When you think about it. True. Also, I believe it is Milkman Chanel because it is one N. Um, that is Damon messing up the spelling in the script, Jay. Okay. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> milkman <laughs> Chanel. Oh, that's a little fancy. Okay. It, that's what. I, well, hey, you know, like they're already committed to Milkman, right? That's so, that bougie milk. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I mean. <laughs> like that. That's that good milk. That, yeah. that, that, that's the it's milkman chanel um, number five that's what so that okay cool uh were you able to check out milkman's channel was there indeed like a milkman walking down the street doing stuff on a channel or no okay yeah that was our segment thank you thank you everybody and thank you uh milkman channel or chanel 
Thank you. <laughs> okay, so the Flash Rebirth came out in 2009. Jay, do you know what was happening in the comic book world when this book came out? Yeah, a couple really big things actually were happening for Marvel altogether. Uh, again, I kind of went towards more of the movie side. It's what I love to look into. It's what I love to dive in. And there was not a whole lot of movies that were coming out this year for comic books and superheroes. Can you guess what the huge Marvel movie was of that year? In 2009? Year 2009, yeah. Wasn't that like the OG Iron Man? No, it's 2008, I think. That would be 2008, yep. Oh. Incredible Hulk. It would be Incredible Hulk, but also we have... Don't you say Iron the Man Wonderful. Too. Don't say Iron Man too. No. Oh. No, it's even better, baby. It's X-Men Origins Wolverine. Woo! During the debuting oh. Deadpool for the first time ever on the silver screen. We don't With talk Ryan about that. Reynolds With Deadpool. Ryan Reynolds as Deadpool. You mean Barack uh, Not only... Yes, Baraka Pool. Yeah. Big old yeah. swords in the, in the wrists. <laughs> Love that shit. The other big thing that was happening at this time, the, probably the biggest thing for comic news, was that Disney has swoop, swooped in during Marvel's bankruptcy and has acquired the company for $4 billion. Oh, yeah, and that did happen. That early? Yeah. yeah, it was 2009. Damn. Yep. Yeah, I remember that. Um, I remember Stanley did some news press for it and was talking about this is a really good thing for the Marvel comics. It's a good thing. Now, because there wasn't a whole lot of stuff going on yet when it came to like Marvel Cinematic Universe stuff, people were very curious to see what exactly was going to happen with Marvel, uh, especially when it came to film in general, because a lot of the stuff was like with Fox and Paramount at the time. So a lot of people were just curious if it was going to change a lot of the comics themselves. But, I mean, they had hindsight, right? <laughs> you know? Holy yeah. shit, the cesspool that we swim in now. Man, it blew up. Honestly, there were a couple of changes that, like, Disney had when they did the contract. Though. There was a couple of things under conditions, I think. Jay, I think you and I talked about it, but, like, in their contract, that's why, like, around that time, all the way until within the last couple of years, Marvel Zombies, they couldn't market Marvel Zombies. They didn't want any superheroes to be zombies. They had to cut all the comics, and if they were going to show the Marvel Zombies, uh, which they did for a little bit, it had to mostly be villains that were zombies. Uh, I think recently they, had, like, they were able to change that back or whatever. Uh, because of the whole what if thing, and also more merch has been coming out for Marvel Zombies again, but that 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 kind of fucked with me a little bit. I was a little annoyed by that because I love me some Marvel Zombies. Mm -hmm. So, a, a question that I want to kind of bring up to the group here before we hear about your stuff, then Damon, um, do we feel as though if things were different and they did market Marvel Zombies sooner, around the time when like zombie stuff was actually getting big, like I'm saying, like peak Walking Dead and you know, Call of Duty had their zombie stuff that really grabbed a lot of people and a lot of... There was a huge zombie craze for a while, if you can recall this, right? Mm -hmm. Do you feel as though it, they would have taken a really good advantage of that or do you feel as though they would have fucked it up? I don't know. Well, I mean, you could argue that, like, Marvel Zombies as a book, it had a lot of marketing. Like, there was even t-shirts that they'd sell at Hot Topic um, that was made by, like, Mad Engine, which is, like, a big graphic tee company. 
And then they had like the comics. They also had the Marvel Select figures. They even had statues because it was a huge success. And I think it came out in 2005. So it was like at the beginning of the zombie craze, but it wasn't like at the peak of it. If they were allowed to still push it further, I could have seen it doing really, really good. Um, I'm, I'm thinking about how there's a, if you go on YouTube, there's like this fan film trailer that went viral back in the day at the height of the whole Marvel Zombies craze thing. That was just of like a Marvel Zombies movie or a show or whatever yeah, it's, proof it's of concept. A fan film. Yeah, fan film. Yeah. It's like a little trailer. That's fan so cool. Okay. So could have been something really big for them to have actually could have done. Connor, what do you think? Um, well, uh, I mean, honestly, I'm I'm a bit more of a DC fan. That's why I'm on the Flash episode okay. and not the Quicksilver episode. But <laughs> you guys you guys will be able to like kind of discern this because from what I've heard, um, and I I, I don't know if this is a hundred percent true, but the Marvel Zombies, like when it first like launched, I heard that Marvel actually had the copyright for the word zombie. Like, that's why The Walking Dead is called The Walking Dead, and they're called Walkers and stuff like that. And I, I, I heard that the origin for Marvel Zombies was Marvel Studios getting the copyright to the word zombie. So they were the only ones who could use that word, and they were fucking using it like crazy when Marvel Zombies came out. I... I don't know 100% the validity of that. I Maybe you guys would know more about that than me, but that's what I know about the Marvel Zombies kind of, like, origin and, like, what happened during that whole zombie, like, height. Like, when everybody was fucking obsessed with, like, Left for Dead, um, mm. Dying Light, fucking... Uh, oh, sorry, I don't know if I'm allowed to swear. Um, yeah, I can fucking... Fucking just fucking <laughs> go, you know? Say shit, yeah. Okay. Um, shit, look, look but at like, our uh, Ant-Man episode. All those big zombie games. True. <laughs> Very true. Um, but, like, but, all of all those zombie games, right? Like, everybody right. was, like, super into them in the, like, early 2000s. And I think from what I heard, and, I mean, I believe I heard this from my dad, who is a huge Marvel fan. And he's hmm. the one who told me, like, oh, yeah, when zombies were big the reason why Marvel Zombies was so big is because they got the copyright to the word zombie. That is so crazy. That's okay. pretty cool. I know, I, I've heard of it, but I don't know Like, I don't know if it's true. I think it might be. I don't know. But that's fucking awesome. Soups at home, you guys got to let us know. Someone out there has got to know like the history of this kind of stuff. It's got to be one of you out there. I know it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let us know. Um, but- so, Damon, 2009, what do you know? What do you got? That is a good question, Jay. And as always, <laughs> Damon did not do his homework, guys. Life oh. has gotten to me. It has. And Damon. Yeah. I actually have something fun that you could take off, Damon. Oh, that okay, you could like piggyback it. off of. Uh, go for it, Connor. Funny enough about Rebirth, uh, when this came out, uh, it was right after the launch of the Green Lantern Rebirth. Aha. Uh-huh. Um, glad you mentioned that. They they did super freaking well on the Green Lantern Rebirth, and so that's kind of what like gave them like the kind of push in this direction to go oh hey yeah let's give this a shot that's so interesting i actually was going to mention that later on in the show but yes you're absolutely right uh this was like early on in jeff johns's career but we'll get into that later in the episode i do have one question to ask the team so i'm going to give it to our guest connor what was your first introduction to the flash and which is your favorite Flash character? Oh, okay. That's a hard one. So, <clears throat> my introduction 
to the Flash character, I believe was Justice League. Not Justice League Unlimited, but the first one, Justice League Animated. Um, I believe that was my first, like, interaction with the character. And I don't know why, but I was just obsessed with the idea of super speed. I was like, that is the coolest freaking thing ever. I, I want that. And I, I dressed up as the Flash for, like, seven years straight. <laughs> for Halloween. Oh, so, Halloween. So you were the kid from Daddy Daycare. That was you. Uh, yeah, basically. <laughs> um, bro, I had that same costume every single year. I don't know why I didn't just keep it and reuse it. Like, we got a new one every single year. Um, but when when it comes down to, like, my favorite Flash, I, oh, I, I really like, I really like Barry's kind of, commitment to finding the right thing but like hands down has to be wally wally is just the oh like i mean he's not the og flash but like he is that motherfucker you know what i mean like barry barry took like the speed force to a level and then wally was like okay yeah i gotta fill his shoes and in the process of trying to fill his shoes went further than him okay okay cool 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 Jay, awesome what was All your right. first introduction to Flash? Yeah, I'm on the, the completely different spectrum. I'm going to be real. I've not watched Justice League except for, for the show and uh, a couple times in the past with Damon. So I wouldn't say I got a whole lot of my... my... You need to <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> no! <laughs> I'm sorry. I grew up watching ALF. I'm sorry. <laughs> ALF! <laughs> Yeah, I was that kid, you know. Hell yeah! <laughs> I was rocking like I was rocking like Invader Zim, okay? Ninja Turtles. Yes, that was my that was my vibe. So it wasn't that. It was it's it's between one of the two. It is either when uh, they did the that Justice League DC animated universe, like when they all get together and they fight Darkseid, and it led those like all led into Flashpoint. And I think mm-hmm. definitely Flashpoint was my first direct piece of media, that DC animated film, when I got to really see anything about the character through his perspective and not as him as, like, a teammate. Uh, it was either uh, through that film or it was either through Lego Batman 2. <laughs> and I was, <laughs> yes. like, I was like, cool, this guy's fun, he's got super speed. And uh, this entire time... I did not know that Barry Allen was dead until like two weeks ago. I had no clue that he had ever died. Yeah, we talked um, about that. Yeah, I uh, I didn't know anything about Wally West. I actually didn't know anything about any of these characters until I read this comic. So this was kind of like my gateway, except for, and I would say my favorite character then would be uh, Reverse Flash, correct? Which is the yellow. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Professor Zoom. Yes. I love him. He is fantastic. And I, I, yeah, he is like the perfect hater. And I love how every sort of like, even the mildest of inconvenience, they just blame it on this guy and like Flash's life. Like it's just all on him. Like <laughs> we'll get into it, I guess, for the episode, but I just love that shit. Well, my first introduction to the Flash would have to be uh, kind of similar to yours, Connor, like the Justice League show. But let's dive. 
The Flash Rebirth is a six-issue monthly American comic book limited series written by Jeff Johns and illustrated by Ethan Van Schuyver, where we witness the rebirth of the first Flash, Barry Allen. Okay, so I got a couple of notes before we hop into our little discussion here. This book is one of Je- uh, Jeff Johns' like earliest works. Uh, this was kind of like a part of the couple books that gave him his household name of being like DC's golden boy for a long time until he ruined it with him being racist and all this other type of shit, but that's another co- conversation. Um, hey, but, yo. But, um... Oh <laughs> I'm getting you off that damn soundboard, Jay. Yeah, that was a terrible Daenerys, decision. we need yeah, a get Mary. <laughs> You're gonna have to wake her up real quick. Get her the soundboard. Nah, you know what? She's on her PTO, uh, guys. I can't bother her. Uh, that's fair. Yeah, that's we offer fair. we offer we offer PTO and dental here at Super Saturdays, guys. We got dental. Yeah, we got dental. <laughs> you didn't know that? <laughs> Connor got it. I got it. How you? How did Connor? Connor's a guest. How did Connor get dental? How did I'm Connor... a 1099 employee right now. Hey yo, wait. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's under contract. <laughs> Hold on, wait a minute. <laughs> wait, you didn't get any residuals, Jay? No. What? <laughs> residuals. <laughs> yeah, mine came to the bill. Daenerys got hers too. Hey, yo, I'm gonna never let you use the email again. <laughs> putting your address down for this shit. <laughs> hey, yo, wait a minute. <laughs> but no, this so, is early within his career. This is what made him a whole ass household name. It was this book, like you mentioned earlier, Connor Green Lantern Rebirth did. And a book that, Jay, you actually read was uh, Superman, Last Son of Krypton. Yes. Yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. Oh, you read it that's too, Connor? really good one. Yeah. Yeah. I love that book. That book was fucking awesome, especially because Richard Donner was on there, too. That's fucking dope. But, uh, yeah, this book, I liked it. Uh, and I got one more thing I want to mention, too. This book was kind of foreshadowed in... A, a, one of the extra titles within the Final Crisis thing that happened before this. Um, and basically, at the end of the book, the rogues learned that Barry Allen is coming back. So, Captain Cold and the rest of the rogues, they basically were like, this was like, at the, be- at the end of the book, they were going to retire. But with that news, something told them or whatever, they then said, oh, the game is on. We have to prepare. Because if Barry Allen is back, we're not going to catch a break. And something that, like, Wally compared to Barry is that Wally would actually be a lot more understanding towards the rogues. Because some of the rogues weren't really bad people. Uh, have you, you seen... Uh, off that, have you seen the episode of Justice League Unlimited? Yeah. I was, I was telling Jay a little bit about <sighs> that. Yeah. Barry's sense of you're guilty or you're not guilty is void to Wally. Wally wants to understand you and wants to understand why you're making the decisions you make. And so there's an episode in Justice League Unlimited where it's Barry, uh, I believe Dr. Fate, and... Uh, no, it's Orion. Oh, it's Orion. Thank you, yeah, thank you. and Batman. It's Barry, Orion, and Batman. And they... Uh, I forgot why, but Dream they tracked down... Rotation. <laughs> yeah, facts. Um, <laughs> but they, they tracked down uh, Trickster. Uh, it is Trickster, right? Yeah, voiced by Mark Hamill. Yeah, voiced by Mark Hamill. Um, and he's he's like at a bar and he's like drinking and he's like still in costume and he's like talking about his plots and like 
Batman's like, okay, like, go hand, uh, like, I'll go get him. And Wally's just like, no, no, hold on. Like, I, I've done this before. Let me go handle this. And he walks up to Trickster and he's like, oh, gosh, I can't remember Trickster's name. But he's like, hey, you're wearing the suit again. He's like, like, have oh, you been taking your meds? Am, am like, I? <laughs> uh huh. He's like, you're wearing the suit again. Are you okay? Like, do you need someone to talk to? Like, did you, like, check yourself out? Like, I can come visit you. Like, I'll come visit you every single day. We'll play a game. Like, and like, the fact that, like, you're willing to look at someone who has quite literally tried to kill you and everyone around you multiple times and go, okay, like, what's going on, man? Like, why are you doing these things? How can I help you? Like, that's a real hero. You know what I mean? Yeah, mm-hmm. totally. That is a really cool side uh, to Flash, especially because I, I don't really know a whole lot of this character. Uh, like I said earlier, like mm-hmm. this really is the biggest gateway I've really had to Flash as a character within the comic book world. Um, and I have to say, especially with these opening panels and everything, it is totally a love letter to the Flash. Yeah. Uh, and, and all these characters, especially with Barry coming back after so long, being presumed dead, lost in the Speed Force, that it, it feels very uh, monumentous to get this character back into everyone's lives and to see what heroes and what villains are doing all when they receive this information at the same time, I think is also really cool. And it it really sets an interesting tone that I've not noticed in a lot of these other comics that we've been reading for the show, Uh, as, as well as trying to get even a little bit of dynamic from the villains and the rogues that we really don't get a whole lot of time to see. But some of these guys are just so interesting and to someone who i'm sure is a a bigger flash flash fan getting to see all these different characters reactions to it and what that anticipates for the future outside of this arc for what these characters are going to do with barry in this timeline i don't know for for a couple of opening pages it's a it's a really uh it's a lot to throw but it also juggles it pretty well. I really do enjoy that end of it, for sure. And Barry as a character. I One thing that I was worried about was how exactly they were going to distinguish the Flashes. Mm-hmm. A lot of them have the same fucking costume. Mm-hmm. With slight <laughs> you know, variations. Like, yeah, like some of them, well, some of the variations are just, oh, this is like a darker red. Yeah, and you know? instead of like, instead of lightning bolts, it's just a straight line now. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> It is, uh, you really have to pay attention sometimes when they have their masks, depending, you know, on certain costumes, uh, which one, the, or which Flash it is that we're following, because for me, uh, I don't know if you guys had this sort of trouble, maybe you guys are a bit more accustomed to Flash comics, but I feel like this one, especially with the paneling, is so crazy, and the pacing just feels very quick, which I feel is appropriate for a for a flash story even mm. though there is like a shit ton that they're cramming in each of these panels like i was I, telling damon oh go on please if you don't no. stop me i will continue honestly <laughs> i was gonna say like since we're already like in the midst of it jay like what was your first like off the cuff let's, let, let's talk about our like just opinions as the, on the book as a whole like what did you think of this gotcha I wanted to hear Um, this from both of you because, like, (laughs) I know that this is your first time reading uh, Rebirth, Damon, and, like, 
hearing that this is like one like one of your first like deep dives into Flash, I just want to hear like what you guys think of this because this is this is genuinely one of my favorite Flash stories. Like this, uh, mm. the New Fifty Two arc, like, and I, me personally, I love the like uh Blue Lantern Flash. Like when Flash became a Blue Lantern, like There's that a was Blue Lantern. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's a blue. Jay, I told you. Yeah, I, I told you about the red lanterns earlier. There's different. I know like, about colors. red. I know about pink. Yeah, well, I know well about that's a green. sapphire. That one I know. Ah, Yellow. Ah. I know Next, Sinestro. <laughs> Next episode, we're talking about Kyle Rayner. <laughs> oh, no, God. you know what? We talked about Kyle Rayner earlier. We sure did because Jay said some shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, did, I did say some shit. I don't know. I don't, know. I don't think it's appropriate should, for the show, but. I don't think it's great for the show, no, but <laughs> I did say some things. <laughs> you, you sure did and you know something oh, like goodness. i gotta say i was a little with jay when it came to the panels the panels for a minute i was like whoa wow and like i think i was telling you this a little bit earlier too connor like the book it took me a minute to get into it but when i got in i was all in like i liked this a lot i loved this a lot this made me want to read more flash and i felt like this was a really good jumping on point and um I just liked it a lot. And do you guys know that like this whole book has one of the biggest retcons to the Flash as well too? Um, the whole like thing with Reverse Flash killing his mom or whatever. As like a regular person that was like reading it day to day, I'm assuming they'd be reading this and being like, "Hmm, Barry's mom wasn't murdered. That's weird." And the big reveal when Reverse Flash was like, "It was me, Barry." Just I don't know. I got to say, loved the book, um, took me a minute to get into it. The art took me a minute to like the art, but I liked it a lot. Uh, and it was just a fun ride. And I, I got to say, something that I have in my notes here is that this book kind of felt like a movie. The way that it was written and the way that it was paced, it felt like it had moments where I could see it being either a TV episode or a movie, especially that opening with that POV and then we do like a jump cut. Kind of felt like a fucking. It felt like I was watching Scream. You know how like in Scream or like Ghostface kills somebody, and then it's like ah, we're watching Scream, guys. And then there's like fuck some pop up type of pop music or alternative music playing or whatever. And you know we then hear Linda's like news thing, and we see all the different things of like the Flash being back, all that type of shit. I don't know. That was my first opinions from the whole thing. Like that's just off the cuff. We can get more into that as we go further. But, Jay, what was yours? Uh, yeah. Uh, for a first impression, I, I will say that the panels being as detailed as they were, not so much in the idea of, say, a greater landscape, because we've gone through things like that, say, with uh, Supergirl, Woman mm -hmm. of Tomorrow, Love and Wonder Woman, uh, her origin back way back in the day. Uh, who who did the the art in that book? Do you remember Damon? Uh, George Perez, uh, comic book legend. Thank you. Fantastic work in that. A lot of great use of color. A lot of uh, vibrancy, especially for that period. You know, this color. Uh, first, I'll have to say red, green. A lot of the different colors here really stand out. One thing that I got from the comic, and maybe it's just for me because a lot of what I know, my comic history, apart from like. A couple like indie things, you know, like I'm a big, um, 
oh geez what's his name brian lee o'malley fan and stuff mm-hmm. so like scott pilgrim and seconds and, and all that kind of stuff i really love uh stylized art and even though this didn't scratch my itch for really out there style because when i look at these characters it feels like a normal uh resemblance of these type of characters say like your green lantern uh gorilla grod who i believe this is gorilla grod when we're in gorilla city but not the same yeah it's not the same gorilla city from batman universe because these gorillas are very mad and the gorillas in the other gorilla city Mm. did not seem very mad at all so i don't think these are the same gorillas nor the same gorilla city but i did learn that there is two gorilla cities anyway there are um, yeah mm-hmm. they said that Any, in batman anyway. universe i think right that was ba- yep batman universe gorilla um, grods and ultra humanites I think. yes yes so uh, i will say even though it didn't scratch my itch so much there it did in its creativity of the paneling it did in its use of the text boxes because for a while I was a bit confused trying to figure out and distinguish, again, a lot of flashes, and a lot of flashes that are supposed to just be from one timeline. And I know that there is also just like a whole lot of retconning that happens in this story um, altogether, right? Because of, of with him coming back and with uh, the difference with his mom dying, but also this is around the time when the timeline had and had changed with the Justice League and the Justice Society, where instead of them being like two different universes, they became like the same timeline kind of deal. So it all became just a million fucking flashes. Yeah, and- I think it was a uh, Final Crisis that did that, where it like converged Earth Two with like Earth Prime, and they, which personally i kind of like that having the justice society be like old heroes that are within the same universe because originally uh-huh. uh jay i don't know if you like knew this or if you were curious about this uh about where jk jay garrick comes from originally like in our world the real world the first flash was jay garrick uh he was written for dc comics he did his shit all that type of stuff and then i'm pretty sure gardner fox is the one who he revitalized DC, and I want to say the 60s? Yeah, the 60s. And uh, when he revitalized uh, the some of the characters in, in DC, he revitalized the Justice League, because he said Justice Society sounded weird, League sounded fun. He rev- And he also brought up how, like, there should also be more A-listers on the team. Uh, he also revitalized uh, the Green Lantern and The Flash. Green Lantern originally had that cape, and he was blonde, and he had, like, a weird thing or whatever. It was more magic-based. Had the symbol, like... Yeah. Big old, big old class kind of symbol stuff. I see. Yeah, and then the Flash was Jay Garrick, but when he came around, he made it Hal Jordan and Barry Allen. Now, with Barry Allen in the comics, a lot of people were wondering, like, and asking questions, why is there two different Flashes? Why is this? Why is that? And you guys aren't referencing it. So, in the 60s, this is the first mention in comic book history of multiple universes, was in DC Comics. A way to write themselves out of it is they were like, okay, well, we'll just say that all that stuff that happened in the other comics was Earth 2. And, uh, yeah. And they even took it a step further. And Barry was inspired to become the Flash because in Earth 1... 
Jay Garrick is a comic book character. So he got inspired to do that oh. because of that. And then, uh, yeah, some weird shit, weird chicanery or whatever. That is so <laughs> crazy. Yeah. So a, a lot of really the kind of kind of stuff that we see now discussed for all these different cinematic universes and convergences, stuff we're seeing with like the MCU and even now with DC trying to fix their stuff with their properties for their own media purposes and movies and shit. All thanks to just because some guy was like, I just want to do a new Flash. Precisely. And they needed a way to write themselves out of a corner. And this was the, during the that, time where comics were, like, still considered for children. So, like, them coming up with that concept was kind of like the introduction of more complex ideas being put into comics. Wow. Yeah. That is so crazy. Dope. And yeah. then speedsters would become their number one tool to retcon stuff. Yes, and then that, on top that of that, makes a lot of sense. The big issue where they revealed this is like the most classic cover where you see a wall in between and you see Barry Allen and Jake Garrick running to save somebody. That was the big. It was called. I, called, I it have was seen called that. Crisis that on Two Earths. Awesome. Crisis on Two Earths, and it was the first. It's actually the first ever crisis in the DC universe too. Oh, um, when they're showing a whole lot of uh, the museum at the beginning, and uh, I remember this. I love this panel. It's this giant one where it says Brave and the Bold, and it's behind uh, the Flash and Green Lantern. Yeah. And I just, I love that kind of look. It's stuff that I feel as though they've tried to replicate in some of the different superhero films, that kind of, like, epicness of celebrating a superhero in that Supes universe. Uh, the only time I feel as though that I've seen it done, like, really well has been, like, The Boys. Mm -hmm. But this, the way how it is for the comic, is is fantastic and the scope and that that celebration for the flash again it it leaps uh off the page because i believe it's so much in the panels it was kind of and meta I, too. I yeah yeah mm -hmm. and and with that i i enjoy getting to see these different dynamics through flash's perspective um the only other time where i've seen a lot of stuff a green lantern has been when he's worked with batman so getting to see him outside of that role and a bit into this other side that I'm not really accustomed to was really cool. Um, along with a lot, seeing a lot of these other different characters, like for a little while we get to go to Titan's Tower um, because of Kid Flash having a lot of his own disagreements now that Barry's back and mm -hmm. what that really means for the Flash. And I, I, I like that we kind of zoom all over the place because there really is this giant Flash family that yeah. kind of really exists and does its own thing and comes together. But I, I, it, to me, it feels as though it has a different vibe from these other kind of families that I've seen, kind of like Superman's or... The Bat Family. Um, Bat Family is yeah. a fantastic example of that. Or even other stuff that have been that kind of like team up kind of... Kind of togetherness and even some Marvel stuff. Yeah. I wanted to... Oh, sorry. No, um, I was just going to say that this book really had a huge theme of legacy. Like, th like legacy was, like, a huge theme in this story. Like, it felt it all... I felt it all throughout it. I think one of the things that I really wish the book focused on a little bit more, which I think it did, but, like, I wanted to see it more. I never really thought about how Barry kind of is a man out of his time. With his ideology... With the fact that the book, the book got hella meta in some spots, very meta, especially when they kind of insinuated and posed the question, why aren't people aging? 
Is it because of the speed force? They never answer the question. But I like the fact that that question's posed because we're in a comic book universe. They're never finna fucking die or age. So let's let's play with that idea. And uh-huh. you, yeah, just like you mentioning that, Jay, um, about like how and uh, Barry having those conversations, it just made me think about like how that was like a really good moment where it felt like he was a man out of time. Here's a question I really want to pose to everyone. Um, a little bit farther on into the book, when we get to see Flash confront the different members of the Justice League, uh, he has he starts to run away from everyone, and the only person that's able to catch up for him for a brief moment is Superman. Superman. Mm-hmm. And I love this quick moment. I I love the panel art here. I need to know what you guys think here because they discuss back and forth how Superman's not going to just let him get away. And Flash tells him that he can outrun Superman and they have this argument. Well, not even so I, much of an argument, I, but Superman just saying, like, I've even beat you a couple times in the races that we've done. Mm-hmm. And Barry uh, just for- looks at him and goes, "That was those were for charity. And takes oh, off. <laughs> Just dust his ass. Now, now, what do you guys, with this, just using this bit of art here, and even, I guess, like, from their history of past mm. races, let's let's figure out here right now. Right here, right now. We're getting some definitive answers today. Wh- who do we really think is the fastest between these two here? Our Man of Steel or the fastest man alive? Uh, the Flash, duh. I would say Flash. Yeah, Flash Superman sure. can, like, keep up. But that that's, like, if if, like... If the Flash just starts running and isn't really trying to get someplace fast as fuck, yeah, okay, Superman can catch up. But if the Flash is, like, really booking it, no. Similar to how I think a lot of people forget Wonder Woman can keep up with the Flash, too, uh, running-wise. She can. That happened in the comics a couple times. Uh, And I think she might be a little bit faster than Superman, so, like, she can catch up with the Flash even more. But, like, nobody's beating the Flash. Come on now. Mm -hmm. That's fair. That would be kind of a... That would be kind of embarrassing. I would also like to point out, uh, you were talking about it a little bit earlier, Jay, about like the paneling. Yes. I I wanted to point out how did you guys notice how like I don't know, maybe this is just my artistic brain, but like the paneling almost a lot like you were talking about, Jay, how it seemed very sporadic, how your eye had to yeah. move a lot. Did yes. you notice how it slowed down when it was with the other superheroes? Yes. Like I when it was Superman that. talking, when it was Batman, I mean not Batman, when it was like Nightwing talking, when it was Wonder Woman talking, it was all very like just blocky and just straight down. But like when you were looking at different flashes, it was like your eye was here and then it was over on this side of the page, then it was down to the left, then it was down to the right. You you were just moving around so much. Things felt very sporadic. It it kept the it kept the tone as a reader, which I think is kind of a fun experience when you think about it that has a fun little trick on the medium that Flash as, the char- as a character can kind of take advantage of, really. Um, because you can't really use that super well in, say, like a movie. It can be a bit too disjointed or disorienting, I would say. But uh, to use that ability, knowing that the reader's eye is so important, not just for the art, but the, where the word bubbles are in placement to each other and how the reader is going to be able to handle that kind of information. Uh, there was a couple of times because all these different flashes are around, it, it's covering all around these little spots and everything. It was, it was kind of like overwhelming 
in a way, it felt like I kind of had to be on the Flash's level to keep up with the Flash. And originally, I I wasn't really with it until I got farther into the the arc, and I started to kind of understand the point of that. One thing that really helped was when Reverse Flash, when Zoom, he comes around, and I love his word bubbles. How they have that red, like, lightning around them? Yes. And I love the very first time. I fucking love Yes. Yeah, go ahead. I love the first time when he speaks. There's, like, this red mist that comes out of his, uh, out of his mouth and out of his nose. Kind of, like, his, his, he, he's breathing faster than he can speak. Or that his, his, uh, within his own breath is his speech. He's speaking too quick or whatever. It just, it felt so, um, it felt I, so I integral was... to the character of how to handle that voice work and how to handle that perspective of character in my head outside of like the panel work. What were you gonna say, Connor? I didn't mean to cut you. Oh there, no, but... no, I didn't mean to cut you off. I I thought it was so cool when like that moment when he first shows up and they like show that moment of him literally pulling his after images back into him. Yeah. Like, Ooh, he's yeah. literally he's literally grinning and like stuff like that, but he pulls it back into him to be serious and scare the piss out of Barry. I, I, I really enjoy how they make him look here, especially. And I was curious on on your guys' thoughts, Connor's uh, specifically, on what you thought of the illustration work showing the flash and all these other characters use of the speed force. I love in it. comparison to other uh, comics work and rendition of showing that power. I thought it was like, so my my thing I, I like about Jeff Johns like work specifically in this is his use of electricity, like mm. a oh, lot the, of uh, like artists. Yeah. Um, uh, hold on, let's make sure we have it? his name though. He he had the three person. Yeah, his yeah, name Ethan was Vince Skyver. Vince Skyver. Oh, yeah. Ethan Vince Skyver. My bad. Yeah. Um, I loved his use of electricity because, like, I mean, obviously the Flash, like, they use electricity a lot in any Flash comic, right? But mm-hmm. the way it was used around chat bubbles, the way it was used around, like, the edges of panels, the way it was used at the end of limbs to, like, kind of show that, like, Barry isn't, like, Flash. Barry is a part of the Speed Force. Barry is the Speed Force, and it is coming off of him, and, like, it, it, it's a lot of renditions of the flash they kind of show like lightning bolts coming off of him versus Barry turning into lightning itself. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like there I there do. were a few comic books who like I'm trying to remember the exact one where it was like um don't come near me I'm I'm turning into a lightning bolt. And they kind of like showed that a little bit, but like Ethan really showed like how connected speedsters are to the speed force. Like with uh with that whole instance of the very first instance of uh Savitar getting killed and like all of the other speedsters feeling it, like having that electricity pulse out from them, like you could see it in the panels where the ori- where the origin point was and where it built out from. Like it, it was just such good use of like it I-, I love the I love the use of electricity in here. And I love the use of like just sharp edges. Like you notice, like all of the like all of the chat boxes are very very sharp. Like the only characters who have rounded chat boxes are non speedsters. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's really cool. Yeah, I, I think I it's supposed to like that. illustrate the fact that like they're like they're so fast that they're like precise to the point. Um, when they're talking, they're very precise and they're very quick with it and very like get to the point speaking wise, very like quick quickly. 
And, you know, it's funny that you're talking about the chat bubbles, but I was going to talk about how Barry's monologue, like, he's the only one who monologues throughout this entire book. Uh, I mean, along with uh, the reverse splash a little bit. But, like, for the most part, Barry is the monologuing person throughout this entire book. And I kind of liked how sometimes monologues, yeah, they're supposed to get you in the mindset of the character. But sometimes it just turns into, like, words, and you don't really get a lot from what the person is saying. But, like, Barry's monologues felt like I was watching or reading or, like, a cop show. Like, he monologues like someone who is a cop or, like, based off what Like a noir investigator. Yeah. yeah. And I liked that. At first, I was a little, little, like, put off by it. But then I was like, no, this is actually pretty cool. I like it a lot. Uh, and even his little, like, quirks throughout the entire story and everything. And I think uh, going back to the art talk we were talking about, I would say the best word to use for the art would be uh, kinetic. Like, this was very kinetic, very, like, flowy and very lively, Uh, especially with the lightning bolts and everything. Uh, Like you said, you can literally see where the movement is throughout this entire book. And there's instances where I would, like, have to look again and see, like, little details and everything. The image that's coming to mind is the image where... (laughs) And honestly, this is kind of funny because I could see this being like a cool fucking like shot in a movie where Wally is like, okay, everybody, think of your costume and then we're going to do something real quick. And they and all then, fuck. Oh, yeah, dude, that's such a moment. Big splash page. <laughs> Wally comes out in his original suit that he had back when he first became Flash, uh, which that was a nice touch. I liked that. Uh, Jay, mm-hmm. d- um, Wally's suit originally was a dark red. He differentiated himself from Barry. And he also had white lenses. Uh, and I think he did it. Because, oh, dude. Yeah. And he did it because uh, he changed it to look similar to Barry's, but still different because he said his uh, the white lenses were kind of scary. And he just wanted to, like, pay homage to Barry more or whatever. whatever. Hey, that's fair. That is fair. Um, I, I, I will say, too, when these guys all get together, that's when I would say the the artwork really trumps the the writing for me where it does kind of have like like the last three issues especially four five and six when it really is just the fight between reverse flash and the flash family essentially the flash family right Mm -hmm. and um there's certain points where the lightning and how fast these characters are going it seems like it's just tearing through the pages and sometimes the panel work is on top of other panel work where they're running and they're fighting. And it really gives me a whole sense of just how quick this fight really is yeah. in retrospect to like everywhere else that they're going. And and during a lot of these times, too, when we get to see uh, not just the monologue for, for Barry, but also look into him and other Flash's past while they're also running, kind of like we're seeing through their their history and their mm-hmm. memories and stuff. And I love that. I love, uh, I love that, especially because it, everything connects to that idea of, and I can't remember who said this earlier, but this idea of legacy, this idea of, of family and these acre points that get brought up a couple of times, especially in the second half of the story, what these uh, flashes, what each one of them stands for in their own in particular way and what they're fighting for uh, every day that then they do put on this costume. And for Barry, it's Iris and getting to see how Barry feels for Iris, especially in these last few 
uh, panels Ooh, while we're going the through the pages, cinematic, yeah. cinematic fight. And Reverse Flash is threatening to go back in time and kill her before they even meet. And to always constantly be this hell for Barry that he can never escape. And we talked about that a bit earlier, but I also just love that sadistic idea. And uh, I think it was in either issue five or six, Barry's talking about how he used to talk with Bruce about their rogues yes. gallery. Mm -hmm. and how they I had this written down. Yeah. <laughs> and I loved how uh, they were relating their characters and more specifically how they were relating reverse flash to his Joker. And, um, Maybe because of the media that I've absorbed always having reverse flash, I can totally understand that. Even outside of this this bigger bombshell of him saying, like, every little thing that has happened to you is me, it's very clear that this guy is very sadistic, and a lot of times it does look like he's even faster through the panel work mm -hmm. than our protagonists. <laughs> and I, I getting to argue... see the difference uh, with his art when he's, like fighting one of our characters like near like the end and they're all together uh it's not just like several punches back and forth we see through that panel at work all these different facial expressions and it really just shows how much he's reveling in this stuff and it feels so much like a game to him in comparison to what the reality of this is and it's just it's like this torment onto not just uh one individual but a whole generation of individuals uh, and I, I kind of understand that kind of scope with the, him being Flash's Joker and in some ways uh, even more sadistic, you know, because yeah. if Joker were to know who Batman was, I, I don't think he would even do a fraction of what this guy does when he when he's learned that Barry is Flash and kind of just and another thing with it, too, it's very clear that these characters in an even more literal sense made each other and they can't live without each other it's it's a strange kind of weird symbiotic relationship weird. that is created from reverse flash being a lot of the causation for the hero like it's so it's so interesting and a different twist than how you usually hear a superhero and villains origins transpire you know what i mean uh, oh bro no, that's that's why i love the idea of bart like when oh, Thon, dude, yeah. Yeah. when Thon grabbed Bart, he's like, "You're diluted. You're part Thon, but you're also part Alan. Like you're, you're like that's not good enough. Like the fact, like having reverse Flash blood and Flash blood, like oh my god, when they when they flush out Bart, dude, Bart is gonna make Wally look bad. I swear. Yeah. <laughs> no. Um, I was just gonna say and even like argue. The Reverse Flash has always been a character that's been creepy to me because unlike what you'd say as a Joker or... Because, like, okay, I'm, before I get to that, I'm just going to say, like, Jay, you know me. Um, I love a good petty villain. I love a good villain who relishes yes. in the fact that they're evil, which is why I love Doctor Doom. Doctor Doom, he's a sick motherfucker, but, like, he also has a lot of, like, like uh, I would say morals and things that he's doing, and he also is very petty and very vain. Love that type of shit. Love the Joker for that same reason. But I think what makes the Reverse Flash even scarier than any of those villains is the fact that the Reverse Flash started out as a fan of the Flash. And his hatred came because, uh, if I'm not mistaken, it's because he couldn't be the Flash. Yeah. Uh, and that hatred grew into him 
wanting to destroy the Flash, but he then realized, well, wait, I can't kill the Flash because if I kill him, I won't exist. So it's I'll like... I'll just make his life hell. Yeah. That's not the Flash. That's the Incredibles. I've seen that movie. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm pretty sure uh, he did kill Iris one time in the comics. I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure that it happened. Yeah, he oh, did. Oh shit! Like, he did. He like vibra- he vibrated his hand through her head. Mm-hmm. Hey, yo, that's so yeah. fucking demonic. Can, can I bring up something about this topic? That reading this, I did not catch this my first couple times reading, but I only caught it this very last time when I was taking notes. That I kind of want to bring up to you guys and yeah. like see what you think. Um, so now that we're on the topic of this, this this just got me thinking. How Reverse Flash is the opposite of Barry, right? Like, mm-hmm. uh, in the entire se- in the entire like uh, six like comics, it's talked about how Barry is the speed force, Thon is the negative speed force. They are polar opposites to each other, right? And so it got me thinking: if Thon's entire life is based around the reactions of others to his actions, his entire life is what can I do? to make Barry hate me more. Something I, like, I'm just thinking of this now, but something I wrote down as I was reading was, uh, like, that part where Barry becomes Black Flash and he's running away from the Justice League and that moment where he's talking to Superman and he's like, I gotta do this. Sorry, Iris will understand, Wally will understand, and just fucking does it. I wrote down, is Barry a narcissist? Mm. Does Mm. Barry not give a fuck about the feelings of people around him, he only cares about right and wrong. He knows that it's right to get the fuck out of there because he could kill people, but it will negatively impact the emotions of all of those people around him instead of trying to find a solution. It's funny that you mentioned that. Is Mary Allen a narcissist? Yeah, that's a good question. And honestly, it's funny you mentioned something involving his mental health because I didn't get that. I wrote... In my notes, I wrote, does Barry have depression? Because it kind of felt like he had a death wish throughout this entire book. Right? That whole, like, the world moved on without me. Yeah, and then even prior to that, um, it's even insinuated that, like, yeah, it could be the fact that the world moved on without him. But, like, it also focuses on him feeling that sadness of not being able to find out who murdered his mom. That's That's something that he still blames himself for and all this other type of stuff. So... Is it the fact that it's like, is it also the fact that he like feels that sad about it that he it, it caused him to go into a huge deep depression where he doesn't see the point of living because he feels like he failed? And honestly, it begs the question of if it was that or if it's both or if it's yours or, or what I'm suggesting. It makes me wonder did the reverse flash think about the rep- ramifications of like how Barry would feel? when he did the whole murder of his mom thing? Like, did he plan for that to happen? That's the thing. Like, I, I genuinely think, like, uh, they they actually touch on this in the Flashpoint movie that you watched, Jay, um, how uh, Thomas Wayne talks about how Thon is a psychopath. He needs Barry to know what he's done. He needs Barry to see that he was the one that did all of this. He He right. has to have that just uh satisfaction of knowing that his enemy knows that he did it you know what i mean mm-hmm. no i i'll say that's also kind of integral to his role in this comic as well because uh, the only time when any of these flashes i think 
take up a huge amount of page of any of the pages from the story uh, with just talking is him going over the long list of everything that he's done. And that's also a time I would say that the flashes ever feel slow. And I also enjoyed that because again, to me, he felt like he was the fastest one at most points and he reveled in that. Even he would, he would, uh, you know, insult them and say that kind of shit. And I could, I can believe that because of just everything that came together to like show off that kind of stuff. There's something about uh, Reverse Flash that really does have that kind of different edge that a lot of other characters don't have in this DC universe. And there is that kind of level of narcissism that I think uh, is very present for Barry, and I think that's why it's so present in who Reverse Flash is, because it's everything that Barry really could become if he doesn't allow this moral compass that he forces upon himself, right? But I think that all comes from this sense of pride, you know, something in a way that I would say Batman handles more. And if anything, it kind of seems as though Barry was someone who respected people like Hal for being a cop and Batman for being a detective. And it seems as though that he falls a little into those similar lines and has, weirdly enough, that disconnect from everyone else in the, the Flash family because they don't really think the way that he does or talk the way that he does um which does help him stand out but i think also causes him to become so clouded into that kind of moral compass um i also think due to the fact that it could be a sense of him having this uh how do i want to put it like this overwhelming weight of feeling as though that everything has to be handled through him like this this untitled responsibility that um is not previously there like it it has to be his job to figure out how to handle this problem and not the justice league's solution of taking the speed force from him which it's they also... Oh sorry it like oh, I was just going to yeah. say like as you were saying that like it's very like Spider-Man-esque mm-hmm. like yes. it's very like oh hey like I could help like I it's exactly like what he was talking about with Hal. Like Hal was like, "Dude, you're the fastest man alive. You have four parties and a like museum opening that you're doing today. Like you have time." And Barry's like, "No, I don't have time. Like there's someone who could be helped right now, and if I could do that and I don't, I'm not doing the right thing." It makes right. me feel like I, like we didn't have enough time to flesh that out. Like honestly, I think that goes back into the whole like this this book I want to say movie because it really did feel like a paced out movie. But um, the writing I feel I liked the moments where they were talking where they were talking about the whole man out of time thing. And honestly, I think this book had a lot of clear themes, legacy and time. And I feel like when it came down to time or even like what that means for Barry, because I don't think I really understood why Barry felt like he didn't have enough time at the beginning. I mean, I understood it. But I felt like there could have been more fleshed out points to that. And with that mm-hmm. being said, I just have one more question. Well, a question for you guys. Uh, what would you guys rank this story? And do you think this was like a good status quo changer for this big character? Mm. Per- personally, for me, I would rank this story, if we're going on like a little rank of five, uh, I would rank this like a four out of five. I would say this is really tight. 
Uh, I wish it was like I, I could have seen this being bumped up to maybe eight issues, maybe nine issues uh, instead of just the six. But it's making me wonder, would it then be a little too drawn out? Uh, and I do know that uh, this book, one of the biggest like controversies with the book is that uh, there was a lot of delays when it was coming out. So oh. I'm assuming that was because of the art and maybe even because of the story. I'm not entirely sure. But sitting down and reading it all together, it was pretty tight. It honestly makes me like want to read more of The Flash, and it even makes me curious about like the run that like picks up right after this. Heck yeah! Here, I'll uh, I'll throw mine out in the ring then, really quick, because I think mine's mine's very quick and simple. You know, I don't have a lot of Flash knowledge. Uh, from what I can base off the other comics that we've read, uh, very engaging. At first, uh, I'm not going to lie, I was a little nervous to get into this because I really had no interest to look uh, to any Flash's comics just, you know, on my own. So I was a bit nervous if I was really going to enjoy this book. But after I got through the first issue and everything really started to, to roll and I started to have a better understanding of the different characteristics that all these different Flashes really have and what makes them all distinguished and when i did a bit of research when i was when i was reading to have a better understanding of the kind of just timeline that kind of exists for these different flashes because a lot of them go back in time or forward in time and then return mm -hmm. back to their time so they're different but the same and all, all i know there's a whole lot that happens from them so getting a little bit of that kind of helped me i would say if I was ranking this based off being someone else's first time with The Flash, I don't know if I would go for it, just because there is so many Flashes. And I feel as though, again, this is a celebration of The Flash. That's what this story felt to me, even from that first issue alone. So I would say for those who are big fans of The Flash, have a better understanding of, say, like the crisis moments, or even just an interest in any of these different particular characters prior... I think this is a wonderful love letter to bring back a character that's been gone for a long time. Um, I think four would probably be appropriate. Um, at first, I was a little nervous from a lot of the detailing and stuff uh, and the artwork, but I ended up falling in love with it the more it was allowed to be very creative. And again, there's a lot of characters that are being juggled here outside of our flashes. Uh, and I think that the comic, within six issues does a great job fleshing them out to the point where they all feel separated but when they get together it feels like a very nice reunion a nice team up and the action especially in the last three issues is fantastic and something that really does stand out from other comics that we've read now our wonderful guest our big flash fan here connor where does this sit for you in your rankings along with all of these other bit of flash media that i know that you have offhand so I think you kind of hit the nail right on the head there with, like, for new people, this is hard to ingest. Like, it's hard to kind of get into. But, like, it's a good celebration at the end. It's a good, like, way to go, oh, hey, yeah, the Flash is cool. I kind of want to check this out. But, like, you hit the nail right on the head where you're, like, if you're a Flash lover, this is, like, uh, I, uh, honestly, that, that moment when Wally's, like, hey, everybody think of your costumes and, like, does that thing. That felt like the moment in Avengers Endgame when everybody was coming out of the portals. Yeah. Like, it was like, 
oh, like as a Flash character, I was like, oh, there's the new impulse. There's like Bart being like in his like new Kid Flash like costume. There's Wally in the like OG Flash costume. There's uh Max Mercury. Like it 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 was it was just such a like oh like oh my god the Flash family like that kind of thing. It was my end game moment, and so like that's why I love this one so much. And it's it's such a culmination of like. Eobard Thawne versus the Flash family. And, like, Eobard Thawne holding his own against every single Flash. Like, the fact that he could hold his own for, like, maybe a five-minute fight against seven different Flashes. And, like, the, the like, kind of... I, I loved, like, how they were able to, like, kind of throw in everything from, like, the Flash history, like, the Justice Society working together with the Justice League, where... Yes. Barry was like, oh, hey, these these are some new faces, and there are some faces that I recognize. And, like, I, I also loved how they fleshed out, like, uh, Impulse. So, me personally, I would put it at a 4-2. And the okay. reason for okay. it being is because I feel – I'm kind of with you, Damon, where I feel like they didn't flesh out as much as they could have. Mm. Like, the stuff that – something that really hit me that I feel like they missed out on was – the very very beginning when bart was like i don't like that barry's back there's something wrong about it i think they could have made that such a huge thing yeah. if they didn't completely diminish it with barry saying the same exact thing the next panel and I, like I, my I, thing is like i i love those types of i love those like uh oh god uh I'm trying to think stereotypes where it's like, oh, everybody thinks everything is fine. And that one character knows something is wrong and they end up being right in the end. Like, I like that. But like they set that up for Bart and then they just completely diminished it with Barry going, oh, yeah, something's not right here. Like Barry is the center of the focus. Like whatever Barry knows is kind of right. You know what I mean? And so I, I wish they would have like <sighs> to the same vein of like I wish they would have. Uh, fleshed out Barry's depression a little bit more. I wish they wouldn't have diminished Bart that much. I wish they would have given Bart some credit with, like, having some characters give him some pushback. Like, having Barry himself give him some pushback and Bart going, nah, man, something's not right here. Yeah, that would Do be a good Do we feel like maybe another issue or two then, like how you were saying, Damon, would have really helped this? Because yeah. that that's fair. Maybe there also might have been too many flashes to try to get in six issues. Maybe that could have been the issue. The uh, I, that's think, a, I think it could have been remedied with, two. like, maybe two issues, like, mm -hmm. two extra issues, maybe. Or maybe one extra issue. It probably could have been remedied a little bit. But the question I have for you, Soups, is do you think the Flash Rebirth holds up? Well, be sure to give us your answers by reviewing the show or messaging us on Instagram at Super Saturdays Podcast, TikTok at Super Saturdays Pod, and Twitter at Super Saturdays PC. Your messages and reviews can make their way on the show. This was Super Saturdays. I'm Damon. And I'm Jay Hayward. Make sure you also follow Damon and I at our Instagrams at Damon underscore 1003 and at Jay the Movie Gal. Uh, Connor, where can people at home find you? Uh, they can find me. Um, I'm not much of a uh, comic book person, but I am actually a dog trainer. Uh, you can find my dog training stuff on TikTok and uh, Instagram at ConnorLevel22. Um, you can also find my puppy Legolas's TikTok at Legolas the Golden. Connor, take it away. <laughs> um, thank you guys so much for having me on this 
podcast. It was an app. It's an honor to have you here, but that's not the line. The line is, <laughs> oh, see, see you, you next, next Saturday, Saturday soups. soups. Oh, my bad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, Soups, do you enjoy the music here on the podcast? Then why don't you check out our buddy Jake Boyd at jakeboydmusic.com. 